0: Welcome to the Life of Christ, Series 3, Term 4. This is Lesson 33. We're going to be looking at, basically, the power aspect of Jesus' ministry. And uh, this this is going to start getting exciting. We've been waiting to get to this stage in the life of Christ. We've dealt with a lot of things up to now that have been an introduction into his life and into his ministry and just the, the initial conversations he's had with people. And um, we've, we've just see some, seen some tremendous things happening. <coughs> Excuse me. We are now at the stage... Uh, it's chapter 13 uh, in the new chaptering. And uh, we began last time talking about Jesus' Galilean ministry. Now, if I am correct, you're on page 3? Okay, good. <laughs> Alright, let me just go back to page 1 just very quickly to pick up where we began last week. It says, now in the morning, this is in Mark one thirty-five, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. There he prayed. So remember again, there was a tremendous healing ministry that took place uh, the night before Peter's door. And uh, this is what Jesus does after such an event. He goes and spends time by himself with the Father. And then it says, verse 36, I'm over the page, and Simon and those who were with him, searched for him. Verse 37, when they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. Now that's a very key statement, because that's what happens when you start operating in the power of God. Everybody comes looking for you. You see, this is where you don't have to advertise. This is, this is how you do things God's way. Amen. And if you have to advertise, it means that, you know, you, that's man's way. Trust me. Uh, and, you know, that, that's the reason why I think it's also a thing that, you know, when it's time, God will turn the power up and things will start to happen when you're ready. And I think when people are not ready and they advertise and they do the things the world's way, you're growing before you're ready. Do you understand? And then you have to start putting into place a lot of human things to take care of the growth. And it's never going to be exactly right. I was asking the Lord about, let me just share this with you because this is to do with where we're going next. Um, one of the things that I, I always was concerned about was as we grow, you know, right now there's time to minister one-on-one to all of you, um, and on Sundays, and um, you know, I I was asking the Lord, you know, once this starts to go somewhere, and we've, we've been at that place, and, you know, the the first time around, we weren't all ready, I wasn't ready, I'll tell you that much, uh, and I'm, I'm prepared now, but I wasn't back then, and I didn't realize it. See, you're going to minister, thinking, well, you know, you, you have your two-year plan, your five-year plan, and you, forget all that. You know, Jesus had a 30-year plan before he got up and did anything. You all here remember he was the son of God at 12, when he was preaching to people, when they kind of forgot him, <laughs> okay, they came back and I mean, he was astounding everybody around him, so he, he was ready back then, so to speak, but not till age 30 do we see him stepping out and doing things. That was God's time for him, and uh, you know I understand now why the Lord wants time with us is because he wants to train up, not just, not just children, but ministers. You know. And we need to be ready for that. that. That's a decision that needs to be made, and uh, something that you need to prepare for. You can't just jump into it. Do you all hear what I'm saying? Amen? And so you know, a lot of times people that sort of get ahead of that and try to do things the world's way, uh, if you start something the world's way, then you have to finish it the world's way. And it will never be exactly what God wanted. But if you do it God's way, then God will carry it through toward the end. And so one of the things that I began to realize was that this is an impartation not of just the word, but power as well. So as we go through these next incidents, I want you to start seeing yourself In this place. I don't want you to think, oh, well, that was really great that Jesus did this and Jesus did that. Because what He was doing was training people around Him. And we have these Gospels and these accounts so that we can see how He did what He did. Amen? We have an account that we can, 2,000 years later, look at it. And have the Holy Spirit reveal it all to us. And then help us to walk in this. And the last thing that you need to be saying is, yes, but you don't know the kind of person I am. And if you're asking that question, it means you don't know the power that's in the new birth. You don't know the power of God inside you. It's not something you're trying to get, it's something you already have. One of those high priestesses in the, in the satanic cult mm. said, if the Christians ever wake up, we're done for. That's right. Absolutely. Hey, in fact, she turned. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. All right, so... What do I want you to get from this? I want you to start to ask God to help you walk in this. Are you getting this? I don't want you here just taking notes and going, Oh, that's really lovely, great revelation. That's it. No, no, no. I want you to start walking in this now. Ask God. If you seek with your heart, God will start putting things into your life. And you will start to see something. Amen? Okay. And so they said, when they found him, uh, they said, everyone is looking for you. And William Hendrickson, let me just start here and then we'll go in through it puts it best, and I, I read this to you before, they were determined to find him, and they found Jesus. Their intention was to bring him back to C- Capernaum, where everybody, that is a large crowd of people, perhaps gathered again in front of Peter's house, was looking for Jesus. Now Luke brings this out in his account, when he writes in Luke chapter 4, the latter half of verse 42, and the crowd sought him, and came to him, and tried to keep him from leaving them. We talked about that before. They'd obviously found a good thing. amen. You know, When people find a good thing, they want to hang on to it. Amen. Alright. <laughs> okay. And But the thing was, Jesus is not going to allow people to hold Him. Regardless of who they were. Alright? Disciples or just whoever. And it says in Mark one thirty-eight, Then He said to them, Let us go into the next towns, and that's plural, that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. Now we talked about this before again, remember he said let us go, and this is again why I'm talking to you about this, it indicates that Jesus wanted his disciples to accompany him as he went on to minister in the towns and villages throughout the region of Galilee, and it was his way of training them for the difficult task ahead of them. Second, Jesus goes on to say let me preach, for this purpose I have come, indicating that one of the primary reasons for him being there was to preach and not just preach anything, but Luke brings this out, and this is really important, in his gospel when he says, I must preach the kingdom of god to the other cities also all right which comprise both Jews and Gentiles because for this purpose I have been sent now notice that in mark 138 jesus says for this purpose i have come forth and here it says in luke 443 for this purpose i have been sent notice i have come forth for this purpose i have come forth for this purpose i have been sent indicating that he came of his own volition as much as he was sent by the father Alright? It shows us the closeness between Jesus and the Father. See, a lot of times, you know, I have heard people saying, God the Father forced Jesus to do this and that and everything else. <laughs> you don't know them. You have no idea what you're talking about. Amen? You know, whenever they work, they work together in perfect harmony. All right, That's the reason all the time Jesus talks about unity and harmony amongst the brethren. Amen? And can I just say this? God is love as well. Love is not going to ever force its way. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Amen? Verses, I think, 4 through 7 or 8. It talks about what love is. And love isn't pushy. Love doesn't want its own way. Which tells us something. And you know, they're both God, remember that? So they both are love. Amen? And so is the Holy Spirit, by the way. Anyway. Let me continue on here. Next, notice the phrase, the kingdom of God. It refers to the spiritual kingdom that Jesus Christ came to set up in the earth, in the hearts of men and women. And why it says, Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. Now, When He was asked by the Pharisees when the Kingdom of God would come, He answered them and said, The Kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the Kingdom of God is within you. Beginning to understand what Jesus was actually doing here. He didn't just come to preach and to heal, He came to bring the Kingdom, meaning that you needed to get what He preached and do what He did. Are you all with me? Okay, this is what bringing the kingdom is in is all about. See, yeah, let me talk to you about this for a minute. You come in a church isn't so that you can come to church and you know get a blessing and, and you know give your tithes and offerings and call it a day. That's it for the week. Thank God, that's over with. <laughs> okay, that's not what it's there for. You are coming to church to receive the kingdom. To be reestablished if you faltered along the way, you know, because there's a lot of world out there, okay? Alright? To reestablish all of that back into your life, to re strengthen what's in you, and to go back out with an anointing. Did you all get that? Okay? See, that, that's why, you know, I never got this for a long time. I so always think, oh, the tapes will do. Has anybody ever thought that? You know, today it's YouTube will do, okay? Whatever. I didn't realize that there is actually an anointing that's there, that is for you. And as you come, God will anoint you and God will give you something that will actually become a part of you, that will establish, further establish His Kingdom in you, so that you can go do the things that He's called you to do. See, we have to be empowered to do these things. And what Jesus was trying to do, see this is the reason why He was having such a problem. Because people just wanted to come and receive from the kingdom, they didn't want to become the kingdom. Oh there's a revelation there. Did you get that? All right, The kingdom is meant to be in you. You're not meant to come into the kingdom, get your stuff and go. (laughs) You're meant to come in and that kingdom is meant to be growing on the inside of you. And see, this is what Jesus came to do. Because we lost that kingdom in Genesis 3. God set it up in Genesis 1 and 2. Genesis 3, we messed it up. So Jesus came to put it back into this earth. Amen. Which means that we were meant to overcome everything the enemy had done between Genesis 3 and now. Everything that he had messed up. It was meant to be our job to fix it. We didn't have the power to do it until Jesus came. Jesus came, He did what He had to do, died a horrible death, went into hell. He paid the price, naturally and spiritually. Alright, because remember when, when man sinned, the the actual Hebrew says, Dying you will die. Meaning you are dying physically and spiritually, you, both ways you are dying here. Amen. Your spiritual death is going to result in natural death. We were never meant to die. Isn't that incredible? Okay? Are you all getting this? Okay, That's why one of the things that Jesus said was, not only the the keys of hell, but death as well. He said and brought together. Okay? (laughs) Like death shouldn't be a problem anymore, which is the thing that came in the earth because of sin. That's why He would raise people from the dead. Because that was no longer something that we had to bow our knee to. We should be going when we're ready to go, and helping others do the same. It's going to take a little while for us to get there, but we need to get there. We need to start applying all of this. Let, let me just say this, just, to, just so you don't leave you hanging. Uh, <laughs> the, the Lord is beginning to show me some things that are just extraordinary. And one of the things, that, you know, kept asking God about faith in God and the faith of God. And this is, this is the reason why we're doing this now and where we're going with this. And I begin to understand more and more why the Lord said, study my life. Because all the answers you are looking for are there. One of the things that I began to see, I began to get more insight into faith in God and the faith of God. You know, just when you think you know pretty much you know, as much as, God just drops another bomb on you. I mean, it just went boom on the inside of me. And he said, you know, because at one point in time I used to say the faith, the faith of God is more more powerful than faith in God. Then later on I realized that was dumb man. You need both. I understood now that faith in God and the faith of God are both equally necessary. I didn't, you know, I'm beginning to understand more. But recently I got a revelation and I saw something that I'd never seen before. I began to understand... That God wants us to grow up in the faith of God. He does, do, he does want us to do that because that is the Holy Spirit in you working to heal the sick, to do whatever needs to be done. That's God in you working. You know what faith in God is as well? It's not, that's the faith of God. The faith in God, what happens when you have more people than, than you have hands, so to speak? No matter how much help you get, what do you do with that? Now, it was a big question for me, and it was a question I was going to answer before. I had never, never, ever considered the ministry of angels, because for a long time they had been used, and then suddenly they stopped. Do you all notice in the Old Testament? They were there doing a lot of things, and there were so many, even in the New Testament, you know when Peter was let out of prison? The, the girl that went to the door thought it was an angel. Slammed the door in his face and ran back in. was <laughs> like, okay then. But <clears throat> they had so many encounters with the angels. It wasn't a big problem for them. It's a problem for us, but it wasn't a problem for them. And it's very interesting, I began to understand, that faith in God activates them, allows them access to come and do work within a group of people, when you can't get to everybody. I never got the significance when the bible said they are ministering spirits everybody used to focus on the oh they're coming to help you but i never really saw the word ministering they're actually ministering spirits sent forth to minister i began to understand how god would get his will done you know he's not going to come off the throne every two seconds but he's got angels a whole bunch of them that are working that have extraordinary abilities that are given to them by him and so they start moving so two things happens when you don't get to someone either what Jesus said your faith has made you whole or there were ministering spirits around there doing stuff let me just say that and leave it that's faith in God that you can say God you can get to them before I need to because this is taking too long do something. I have never known to ask that. My faith is now out that God just touches you before I get to you. If you need something and I'm taking too long, somebody else, will get, something will get to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's move on now. Enough of that. All right. For this kingdom to come, it required repentance and a new birth. This is what was so important. One that was from above. This is in John three three, so that God could finally come and live in us, not just. Around us, but actually in us. And we would be free then to operate in His own power and authority in the earth. That's what the Lord wants. See, it's not just so that we get born again. It's so that we can have God come live in us, so He can work through us. Amen? Now, just as a point of interest, even though the term, Kingdom of Heaven... That's found only in Matthew's Gospel, which is 31 times, is sometimes used interchangeably. It actually makes reference to the physical kingdom that is yet to come. So now, I want you to notice there is the kingdom of God over the page. If you go back, I want you to notice in Luke 17:21, it says, "For indeed the kingdom of God is within you." Do you see that? All right, But now here we have a different term, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is the physical kingdom. When you think of heaven, think of heaven. Heaven. Okay? When you think of the kingdom of God, think of God as a spirit. <laughs> okay? It's the easy way of remembering it. Okay? So you know it's I'm talking about something spiritual. Okay? That's going on. All right. But I, I want you to understand something. This is talking about the physical kingdom that is still to come. This is what in Acts 1 6, it says, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And his answer briefly is not the way you think, All right, Uh, And and why he then seemingly bypasses that question and goes into sin, he's actually answering that question. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. See, uh, here again they're saying, when are you going to bring the kingdom and make life good for us? He's saying, I'm going to stick the kingdom in you and you go make life good for you and everybody else around you. This is how the coming kingdom of God set up on the inside of men and women's hearts, would literally usher in the physical kingdom of heaven into this earth. And not just to Israel, but to all the nations of the earth, as promised to Abraham in Genesis 26 and verse 4. It is up to us now to deliver spiritually dead people, and begin setting up His kingdom in this earth, one soul at a time. To where Jesus' prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, as it is in heaven, would literally come to pass. That is what we're looking for. That is what we're headed for. (coughs) Amen? Amen. And you are going to be a part of that. But all this would only be possible if we operated in the same power that Jesus operated. And why he went on to say in John 14, 12, Most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in me, though works... That I do, He will do also. And greater works than these, He will do because I go to my Father. See, that messes up everybody's religion and idea of, you know, that Jesus was the Son of God. And everything He did was unique to Him. Now, you guys need to catch this, please. Because I have read commentary after commentary after commentary. That says, you know, that was Jesus' way of letting everybody know that He was God's Son. Yeah, yes, He was God's Son. Don't ever let that be taken away from him, but don't let that be the end of the story. Because the Apostle John said, Behold, what manner of love is this, that we are the sons of God. We are the daughters of God. Amen? He said, Listen man, that's as astounding as that is, that is what he wants for you. This is thy kingdom come. God had a plan. He sent his most precious, we could say gift, I'm just saying, you know, it was his son, man. Okay? That was his kid. Sent him down here to fix the mess that we made. I mean, it was all made perfectly and we just messed it up. So somebody had to come and pay the price, and a horrible price, to fix everything back up. And what he wanted wasn't just so people, you know, when they died would come to heaven. That wasn't, that wasn't the whole point of all of this. The point was, heaven was meant to come and invade the earth. Did you get that? We are meant to be having heaven down here. Not waiting till we drop dead so we can actually get to heaven. Because it's so horrible down here. And we don't have any control over it. No, that wasn't it. When you look at Jesus' ministry and what He was doing, He just changed everything. He emptied all the hospitals. Because they brought them to Him and He healed them all. Can you imagine what life was like? And he was not only doing that, he was ministering to people, love thy neighbor as yourself. So we're getting a society that's becoming unselfish, that's loving, that's giving, that's looking out for other people, not just themselves, that's being healed so they can do it. People that died that shouldn't die were being raised from the dead. Are you getting this picture? That's what he wanted the whole world to start changing to look like. The whole planet. Wow. And if that continued on, I want you to think about this just for, for one second. If that continued on and today that was the church, do you think there would be any argument? Well, now we don't know if God exists, or you know, whether this happened or that happened, or la da da da. There wouldn't be any of that. Do you know why? Because the works. Doesn't matter about the words, the works. Remember John? He said, Are you the one, or are we looking for somebody else? We haven't got there yet. We'll get there. He kind of straight, man. You know, in prison, you're going to die. You want to know. You know what Jesus didn't say? Go and preach this sermon to him. With all these amazing insights, he said, No. Go and tell him blind people see, the dead are raised, lepers are cleansed. Tell him it's happening. John was on the table. Hey, that's, <coughs> that's enough for me. Amen? Right. Amen. Alright. Some of this stuff, you, you just need to catch it. Yeah. Amen? I, I don't want to give you a whole lot of information. And you know, if this is all we learn, and, but if we start doing it, then we're there. You don't need to know everything that you're doing something is what matters. Alright, so, we can now better understand again what Jesus meant when He said in Luke 4.43, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. Why? So that they can start doing these works. In short, Jesus came to bring God's kingdom into this earth. Both the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. By overthrowing the kingdom of darkness that had taken residence here ever since the sin of man. That's why it says in 1 John 3, you guys know this verse now. For this purpose the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. That has to be your little mantra as well. Excuse the word, but you understand what I'm saying. You know, you should say, "I've been sent here to destroy the works of the devil." You're not here just to kind of, kind of make it through life and just, just kind of skid past and just hope the devil doesn't find me. <laughs> you know, we just try to live that kind of life. We're just trying to, you know, hide in the shadows and just, you know, he should be the one hiding. Amen. Now don't go bite off more than you can chew. Make sure that you are praying. <laughs> Make sure you are doing the things you need to do. And you don't have to get incredibly religious to do this either. Do you know when the Apostle Paul said praying always? You know, he wasn't a, The Apostle Paul wasn't just kind of like lying around and thinking, okay now, hmm, I wonder what good epistle I can write today. It wasn't like that. Man, he was out there in the middle of everything. And yet he said praying always. With all manner of prayer. So when we take prayer out of its religious context, we begin to understand that he's saying, just keep talking to God. You keep talking to the Lord, and the Lord will talk back. And make sure you ask the right questions. Did you get that? Don't be always asking, why, 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 why this, why? No, 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 no. You need to say, now God, how do I get more powerful? How do I do my work, my job and still receive the things that you need to put in me? How do I make use of my time so I can multitask, so to speak, without losing my efficiency and, and in fact increasing my speed, and yet at the same time receiving instructions from you? Mm-hmm. See, we don't ask the right questions. If we start asking those questions, He will answer you. Some way, somehow, something will happen. And you'll find there's things will start to change, either inside or outside. One way or the other, something will change. If you ask the question, He'll answer you. But if you never ask, if if you are never told to ask the right question, you'll never ask it. So I'm telling you today, ask the question. You think about the thing you want the most, and you ask Him that question. God, I want to do more in my life, I want to be more. How do I do that while I do these other things? Amen? Watch what happens. Amen. See, that's my job. Expand your thinking. Get you asking the right questions so God will download what He needs doing in you and you can start walking in the things that He is designed and destined for you to do regardless of what all else you think you have to do and you're never going to get there. We have this mentality of if we can just get all this done then I'll do this. Stop that. Stop it. This is not a computer program of knots and ones. It's not an either-or. You can do both. All things are possible. Okay, so you need to believe that God can do this, regardless of where you are, what you're doing. You can do this. All right, I'm right, moving on. All right. Now, note the similarity okay of the wording, Ooh, we have to stop soon. Note the similarity of the wording between luke four forty three for this purpose, I have been sent, and first john three eight for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, all right, therefore, his purpose was not only to preach about the kingdom but also to demonstrate how this kingdom worked as well, okay for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, he was sent, manifested. Alright? And why it goes in to say in Matthew chapter 4 verse 23, which parallels both Mark's account and Luke's account. All right, Remember, we've got three Gospels dealing with this right now. All right, And Jesus went about all Galilee, which MacArthur says must have lasted for weeks or even months. See, we just get that in a half a sentence and we miss that. You can't go about all Galilee. He didn't have aircrafts and, you know, fast transportation. There was feet and donkeys, <laughs> okay, a few horses, but you know I own mules, whatever you know it wasn 't that fast. you can get from one place to the other it 's not like our society here, so, <laughs> so, and you need to get this, so it says he, he went about all Galilee, so this is weeks' months teaching in their synagogues isn 't that interesting? The first thing he did was teach. Do you know why before the power can come, you need to know there 's a power there, <laughs> okay, and that it is for you. And that you need to be willing to receive it in order for it to come. You know how, it's, you know how it says that when he was preaching and the power was there to heal? Who wondered what, what he was on about there? I believe that the, the Lord was seeing and he always could see in the spirit. I just believe there was ministering angels. I believe there was an anointing that was coming in. The presence of God was coming. Can you imagine how all of these things piled one on top of the other? Can you imagine what all things that would happen? And it says only one person get healed. All the rest were sucking on lemons. Because they were looking for something to accuse him with. Isn't that sad? The, the leaders. But you know the general populace, it's funny how people can bring things in and sour things. That's why it says you know, in his own hometown he could do no mighty works. Isn't that incredible? See, what, what does that do now with the, oh, he's the son of God. He did all this because he was the son of God. Well, if that was the case, then in his own hometown, he could have healed them all, regardless of whether they wanted it or not. It's a lesson for some of you as well. It's a little hard to minister to your closest one sometimes. Just saying, just saying. Some, you, know, you, get, you get the two extremes in that case. They either totally believe in you, or they're kind of like, who are you? I knew you. We're sitting and smoking and drinking. You're coming to lay hands on me. Get that off me. You know? <laughs> I'm just saying, man. You know, it's, it's a tough road. But if they've known you as a person of integrity, you know what? they will be the first one. You'll be the first one they come to to get you to lay hands on them. Seriously, it works both ways. By the way, just because Jesus had it rough with you know his sibling didn't mean that that's not that's the way it should be for you. If you're honorable, you do the right thing. Trust me. They'll come to you first. I don't know. Forget the meetings. You lay hands on me, Dad, Mom, whatever. I'll get it. Why it puts pressure on you then. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. So it says again, Jesus went about all Galilee, te- I'm, I'm just not getting through this verse, teaching in their synagogues. Now this is similar to Luke four forty four, which tells us that he also engaged in preaching in the synagogue which Matthew then details as preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So he was teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases or disease among the people. And Mark one thirty nine concludes by adding and casting out demons. I mean, he was doing everything. He was teaching, preaching, healing, casting out devils. That's a heck of a meeting. Would you like to have been in that one? What's the difference between teaching and preaching? Do you all know the difference? Okay, Preach What I'm doing today is a bit of both. Okay, teaching is is when you do the line upon line, all right. And preaching is when you it's 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 where the power aspect is really giving you insights and understanding into things. You all here. You see some people that just preach. You all don't know where they're going, but it's a powerful message. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right now, Bonke is pretty like one of those people. But then you see people that just teach. You know exactly where they're going. But trying to stay awake is a hard thing. No, I'm just saying. You know, you need the two working together. You need to be teaching and preaching because you need not just information but impartation as well. And then the healing comes. Then the demons are getting cast out and so on and so forth. Amen? We're going to have to stop there and we'll pick this up in the next session. Right there. Take a break.